Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, Today we have another solo episode. We haven't really been able to get that many guests on. Uh, Some of it is we haven't been able to find guests that want to be on. A lot of it is equipment issues. For some reason, in this season of my life, nothing wants to work the way that I need it to work. Uh, A lot of that is probably my fault. Um, But this technology that I'm trying to use in order to do all of the remote podcasts and get you what uh, the content that you want is just not working right now. And it's going to take a significant investment to upgrade one that I plan on making. I've just got to clear some stuff up uh, in order to get there. So I'm talking mics, computer, all that stuff is just, it's just not working well. Um, So the guest episodes, I'm still going to try to make them work, even if we have to use Zoom. The audio quality may dip down a little bit again, and I apologize for that. I just got it to where I thought it needed to be. Um, we may have to take some audio quality hits for a little bit until I can get my full setup, uh, spend the money on that. So, anyway, uh, not a woe is me episode, but. That's just to explain why you're not getting these these guests that I've had on. Brett and I were doing a really good job uh, trying to get guests on, get interesting guests on the podcast. And what started happening is that the programs that we were using uh, just could not run on my laptop. My my laptop has been the uh, the limiting factor for that. So I need to get a new computer somehow. And then today I hop on. And the reason that this is posting late on Sunday is because. Uh, I hop on, and I don't really have a set time that this is supposed to post, but the reason that it's posting later in the day on Sundays, I hop on, and then my microphone just decides not to work. No clue why. And I've got two microphones, too. Both of them just decided not to work. It took me restarting the PC three or four times, took me unplugging everything, plugging it back in, changing a bunch of settings. Uh, Finally, I literally turned it off, turned it back on, everything worked. Um, Weird stuff, guys. I don't know what's going on. Uh, We will start getting you some better content though and especially from some remote guests the one flesh podcast we are going to have guests on that podcast uh come hell or high water we may take some audio hits i know our audio just got really good that 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 clint walker episode with me and clint uh clint clint and i uh that was uh that was really good that was peak audio i thought we were out of the woods with audio that we were going to be doing really really good especially if i had somebody in studio because i've got all these sound panels up got two nice mics now it's looking like that might not be the case. So you might have to suffer through a couple months of, of bad audio. Uh, not bad audio. It's still going to be decent. I'm kind of hard on myself for the audio quality, which I think is good. I think it's important to have high standards. But anyway, all that to say is that we're going through growth on uh, the Purpose Podcast. And we're having growth pains, which is probably what this episode should have been about versus what I'm actually going to talk about. But I'll save that for a next episode. I'll write that down. Growth pains growing pains anyway so uh i want to start it off with a q a uh i put up a an instagram story for uh q a 
and uh, asked y'all to submit some questions. And I want to give a really big shout out to number one, my wife. She submitted a question. She always submits a question. But uh, Seth over at the G3 podcast. Seth is an all out great dude. I haven't got much time to hang out with him in person. As a matter of fact, we've never met in person, but I know Chase from G3, but Seth is always really encouraging. He always likes my stuff. He always shares my stuff. I always try to share G3 stuff when they post it. Uh, just went outdoors. You know, Austin is another guy that really tries to share the stuff, but uh, Seth was the only one other, other than my wife to put in a question. And so um, I understand if you didn't have any questions, I get it. I'm not going to bitch and moan about people not putting in questions and stuff like that, but uh, I am going to pat Seth on the back and say thank you, dude, for uh, taking the 15 to 30 seconds out of your day that it took to uh, ask a question. I always try to, when I see somebody post for questions and answers, a lot of times I try to take the time to post a question. I may not be perfect on that. I'm probably not, but uh, Seth, thank you. And you've always been really cool and I appreciate it. So uh, I'm sure he listens to the podcast. I don't know if he does or not. I think he does, but Seth, you're a G. Thanks. Uh, His question to me, which is the only question that we're going to have for Q&A, if you want more questions, you should probably... I don't know, put questions in the question thing. Anyway, you can tell I'm a little bit salty about it, but put questions in there if I ask for questions, especially if you want to hear them. Anyway, uh, Seth, his question was, what are your career... Oh, and by the way, I won't... If it's a... If it's a question that's a little bit personal, something like that, I won't say your name. This one is just not personal, and uh, Seth deserved a pat on the back for it. So uh, if I ask them through Instagram, I can see who asked those, but obviously uh, confidentiality is king. So um, yeah, just want to put that out there. that uh, If you ask a, a hard question that you want to hear an answer to, uh, almost never will I say the name of the person that asked the question unless it's something like this. Anyway, Seth asked, what are my career goals? And uh, I believe he said expectations. So, uh, or aspirations maybe. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Good question. I've been thinking about it since you asked it. And uh, I used to could tell you right off the bat what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. No, I don't know. Um, sorry, big yawn. <sighs> so, um, basically, I've kind of narrowed it down to my ultimate goal. And I have other little stepping stone goals in there. My ultimate goal is to be the leader of an organization. I want to lead an organization of people. I want to have an impact on people. I want to be able to lead people. I want to be able to solve problems, not only physical problems, but people problems. Uh, that used to, that transformed from, I just want to be my own boss. I just want to be my own boss. And I think that changed when I started this podcast. Uh, I would love for this podcast to get so big that I'm making Joe Rogan money and I never have to worry about anything again. That would be really, really cool. But I want to lead a team of people. Uh, and, you know, I know those podcasts, they get that big. They have production teams and stuff like that. But um, I don't know that that's really what I want to do. I still want to have a big podcast. I still think it would be really cool, and I would love to have a production team. But I don't know that it would fulfill that part of me that that wants to be a true leader with a, a true mission. Um there is a couple books I want to write, uh, a few different type of books that I want to write. Uh, I don't know that it's just going to be, you know, novels or self-help books or anything like that. I think uh, I've got some ideas of books that I want to write. And I think that would even, I, I think that would probably even be cooler than the podcast to be able to sell my books. It seems a little bit more practical, a little bit more usable, to, especially the books that I want to make. Uh, they're different. They're a different kind of book. I'm not going to share too many details, but uh, I want it to happen. So, that's something I would love for my money to come from that, but I still don't know that it would scratch that itch. I don't think it would scratch that itch. Um, 
you know, something kind of charity. I don't know if I would want to run this, but I would want to have a heavy, heavy hand in it. Uh, I don't know that I would want to run it. I don't know that I want to, would want to be the ops manager of it, which makes it, I'm kind of hesitant to include that in my career aspirations, but I want to have a, uh, kind of an alternative school, um, a different type of school for especially, uh, young men that, uh, aren't doing good in public school. I want to have a, different type of school to where the focus is taking these young men and getting the absolute best out of them no matter what uh quote unquote deficiencies they may have all this adhd add uh it's not all bullshit but i would reckon to say that 80 percent of it is bullshit and they're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and you know these kids that you know in in former times would have been bred to be warriors you know would have been warriors now have no um no outlet for their uh their i guess sense of their need to be uh men let's let's just put it at that their need their need to be violent men uh you know that's i believe born into young boys from a very young age and especially without team sports really hard to come by and especially school teachers uh school teachers and a lot of parents these days really try to train that out of kids instead of give them an outlet they try to take it out of the children instead of give them an outlet to express that uh you know a lot of times i think about the the kids that i grew up with that was football you know that's that's what we did in football or some people did other combat sports but um you know we express that that violence and uh that that competition that that need for uh that hunger for more uh and and you know kind of a violent dance within football and it was violent i mean when you think about the core essence of violence is like imposing your physical will upon somebody uh that's that's what we did in football and it was always a contest to see who could do that better and that was our outlet and that's why we were able to go and sit in a classroom uh for eight hours a day and and focus and a lot of us still didn't do that you know i want to provide a school for young men that that understands young men and that can uh teach them and i I don't want it to be like a boys rancher I don't think that I have the capacity and maybe this would come with it to, to take in troubled young men. I feel like that's a little bit different. Yeah. Is that an aspect of it? Yeah, that's fine. But I want to take young men that aren't necessarily troubled that still might have good parents or whatever, uh, still might have a good life and that will probably go be successful, but I want to 10 X that success. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of a few people in my life that I watched that probably if, they had been grabbed out of third grade and put into the school that I'm envisioning, uh, their success would be 10 times what it is right now. Um, and you know, don't take this the wrong way and we're getting hyper political, but, uh, you're taking these group, these groups of young men, uh, and you're forcing them to go and spend eight hours a day with, uh, women teachers that I don't think really understand what it's like to be, a, a violent a young boy with need for violence and with need you know for need a young boy with needs for violence and needs to to go and do things to be active and to uh express that that need for competition you're you're forcing them to go through i mean a lot of times kids will get up to it's high school before they even have 
a male teacher. They may have a coach that teaches history or something like that because most coaches have to teach. I would say it's probably at least seventh grade before they even get close to a male teacher. They may have a male principal. They may have father figures at home. Yeah, that's fine. They may have coaches after school, but I really want to, and I'm not saying we wouldn't hire women teachers, but I want to make a school that I think focuses on uh, getting the best and educating young men. I think that there is no reason that young men can't be extremely interested in literature and then go out there and just wail on on each other uh, at football. You know, just hit the living shit out of each other after they just studied uh, some literature. I don't I don't think there's any reason that that can't happen, and it's it's very very rare these days. And I think it's because um, it, it's because of the way that the school system is is set up. And then when finally that that levy broke and we started not being able to deal with kids in that way and, and the outlets for kids to express, uh, especially young men, that need for violence and competition, when that levy finally broke, a lot of people uh, turned to medication because they didn't know what to do. So, sorry, that was I, I'm off in the weeds on, on this, but as you can tell, I'm kind of passionate about it. Anyway, it still doesn't answer your question because I don't, I don't think I would want to be heavily involved in the operations of that. I would just like to own a school that does that or, or significantly fund um, a school that does that. that. That's eventually when I have the means. That's what I would like to do. Uh, to my career aspirations, I don't know, we, an ammo company, uh, my buddy and I have really, really thought about trying to manufacture ammunition. Uh, I don't think it's really as hard as what everybody says it is. I think sourcing the parts is difficult. Um, we, we would really like to be able to do that, and I think we will probably do that in some capacity one day. Manufacture ammunition and then maybe get an SOT and be able to uh, manufacture our own firearms, uh, automatic firearms, so machine guns, stuff like that. Uh, that would be really cool uh, for. I, I think if I had to choose my main, where where does all of my money come from? That would probably be a pretty cool one. Is the owning of a of a massive ammunition company. Uh, we're working towards that slowly. We're going to get there eventually. Um, other than that, I've got other superficial career goals. Uh, let's see. One that I've always had since I was a teenager, which I don't know. It could happen really, really quick. It could happen not that quick, to say the least possible. Uh, I want to I want to make $100,000 by the time I'm 25. That's one goal that I don't know that I've really told a lot of people. I don't, especially don't think I've said it on here. But uh, when I was in high school, my version of success was $100,000 a year salary uh, for like 40 hours worth of work. I'm not talking, you know, working 90 hours and making 100 grand a year. Uh, I think that's hell. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's worth it. But uh, I want to make at least one hundred thousand dollars a year salary by doing roughly forty-hour weeks. Yeah, that may take fifty-hour weeks. It may take one sixty-hour week occasionally. But um, I want to work a standard eight-hour schedule and, and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. That was that was always the picture of success. And I know a lot of people out there are going, "Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that." Yeah, well, a lot of people do it. I mean. A lot of people do that. <laughs> that was that was one of the things to where that goal is kind of uh, it's kind of a smaller goal. I, I still want to do it, and I still think it would be incredibly difficult by twenty five. And I think it would be something really to I would feel proud of it, and not just because of the number factor, but just because uh, the number combined with the age. A lot of people don't think that that's possible, and I think it is. So, as a matter of fact, I know it's possible. Uh, we'll see whether I'm able to pull it off or not, but. Um, 
anyway, that, that was always the point of success for me. And I, I don't think that really is the marker for success. If, if I stop, if, if my life stops at a hundred thousand dollars a year, then it's, it's not going where I want it to go. Uh, but, and yeah, if, if you think that I'm some kind of asshole for, uh, wanting to get up that high or that, uh, that's just an unimaginable amount of money for you. I understand that. And it is a really big amount of money and I'm not downplaying that. And you can have an excellent life. If, uh, you and your wife both make $50,000 a year, uh, you can live an excellent life off of that. If you're the sole earner though, uh, 100 grand is about what it takes to, to really live a good life. And a lot more people do that than what you think. And a lot of people do it for less than 40 hours or not less than 40 hours, but for around 40 hours worth of work. That was, that was incredibly shocking. Uh, when I got into the career field is seeing just how many people actually clear hundred K a year. Uh, it was, it was incredibly shocking. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. And when I was growing up in high school, maybe it wasn't the same, you know, maybe I, maybe I heard that in conversations with my parents or somebody else when I was, uh, 12 or 13 and, and maybe it meant a lot different things back in 08 or, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12. But, uh, right now that's really not that uncommon and now that i'm finding that i, I could I, I don't have to have that one you know what i mean i'm not gonna work my ass off for somebody else uh, just to make a hundred thousand dollars a year by the time i'm i'm 25 i'm gonna work for myself to get those other goals and then uh and then hopefully if that one comes along which it's got a good shot uh i will uh i'll take it i'll take that and, and check it off of the list so as far as specifics for career i think that's about it i just want to lead you know what i mean i, I want to have a I want to have that weight on my shoulders of, of an organization and I want to be able to lead an organization uh, to where I want it to go. And I will say that that's probably the biggest change, not the biggest change, but that is a big change that I've noticed, especially across this kind of 75 hard, uh, live hard experience. I, I completed live hard in, in January. Uh, th- that's kind of the biggest change that I, not the biggest, a big change that I think that I've made is I no longer focus on what do I want my career look to look like. And I focus on what do I want to do and how do I make that happen and give my family the life I want to give my family? What do I want my house to look like? What do I want my legacy to look like? What do I want to leave behind to my kids? If that's anything, maybe that's just land and no money. And what do I want to, what do I want to do? And then trying to find something that I don't hate that gives me that life. That's kind of where it's going because used to, I had all of these career aspirations. I said, I just want to be my own boss one day. I just want to, or I want to have this type of company and I want to do this. Uh, now that matters a whole lot less. I mean, I guarantee you that if somebody came, not that this is going to happen or that I ever think that it would, but if somebody came to me tomorrow and said, Hey man, uh, we're going to pay for all of this. We're going to give you complete ownership of your podcast and we're going to pay this much for ads on it or whatever. And, uh, completely help me start my podcast where I was making multi-millions a year or whatever. I would absolutely take that and I would have no questions and I would go do other things on the side. Uh, what I actually need for money doesn't really, doesn't really matter so long as I, I, I do want control over how I make my money. I think, uh, which, you know, the market, that's the, the glory of the free market is that, uh, you can only have so much control over, over how you make your money, but I want to have the most control possible over how I make, uh, my money and, and live my life, I think is, uh, I think that's the best way to sum it up. Um, and as far as what kind of money I want to make, uh, I don't know that I want to get into the billions. I think that's, I don't, I don't know that I want that. That's, that's a lot of lifestyle that I don't really, want, but I would like to be able to never worry about money again and to be able to do anything that I want, honestly. And I don't think it takes billions to, to do that, but, um, I want to have a good, good size house. I want to have a good size ranch, uh, 
want to be able to have a boat if I want to own a boat. I want to be able to go out and buy cars for cash that, you know, I want to be able to go out and pick the nicest truck on the lot and buy it for cash and say, uh, this is mine now. <laughs> uh, I want to be able to do things like that, as I'm sure uh, we all think that we want to do. I just, I I actually want to go do that. And I, I think I'm willing to do the things necessary to, uh, to make that happen. So, uh, Seth, I really appreciate your question. I wanted to spend a good amount of time on it. I mean, hell, I think I've spent 20 minutes on your question alone. So <laughs> I thank you for uh, putting your question in there. Uh, super big pat on the back. Thanks for asking me kind of a tough question that, uh, that, that made me think. So thanks brother. I hope you, uh, hope you're listening to this. So, uh, to the next topic. Um, I do have a topic for this episode today. Uh, it's going to be called aggressive patience. Now, I don't think this is my, as a matter of fact, I know it's not my concept. Uh, I think this is Andy Frazella's concept. And I was a little, <laughs> I was kind of disappointed uh, because I, I thought this up and I was like, oh, the term aggressive patience. I think that's really cool. Uh, maybe that's like the first thing that I thought that's that's just mine that I came up with. And then uh, I looked it up and there's Andy Frazella right there. And I was like, fuck, I, I know for a fact I, uh, I heard that in a, in a podcast somewhere and that's why it came so quick to my brain. So it wasn't mine. It's not mine. And I don't even know if it's for sure Andy's. I just know that, uh, that's more than likely where I heard it, but, uh, I came up with this idea all on my own, but it really, it was just my subconscious that, uh, heard it two months back or so and, and said here, uh, why don't you talk about this tomorrow? But anyway, just to tell a little bit of a story, as you all know, I'm a bow hunter. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a bow hunter. I'm not a bow killer yet. Uh, the, the only deer I killed was in a stand, and she was eating corn out of a trough. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily call that hunting or even bow killing. It was just killing, uh, harvesting, which if that's your thing, go ahead and do it. But it definitely is not my thing. And I, I appreciate the guy that, that let me come and do it because I wanted some meat, and I spent a lot of money on my bow, uh, and I wanted to put an arrow through some red meat, and he let me come do that. But uh Anyway, I am not I have not been very successful in my bow hunting aspirations. Let me put it that way. Uh, I, the, the public land that I'm trying to hunt is called Lake Meredith, and uh, the terrain is absolutely awful. It sucks. There's a lot of recreation out there, uh, just enough to piss off all the animals. There, it is surrounded by private land, which you know I guess all public lands are surrounded by private land, but. These, all of this private land, it's kind of a small park, and so all the private land is really accessible. There's no, like, habitats of animals or groups of animals that can't be on private land in, in less than 10 minutes, if even that. Uh, because they're an animal, they can get across the terrain a lot quicker than we can. So uh, they can be on private in less than 10 minutes at, at any point in the park. Um, these... Uh, it's just really hard to hunt. And so they know what, you know, the private lands, they don't always have good enough habitat for these animals. Like they clear brush and they clear trees and all that stuff. So the animals live on, uh, they sleep on public land just to give you enough hope. And then the moment the daybreak hits, they get up and they're just crafty enough to get around all of your hunting, uh, all of your abilities to hunt them or your, your efforts to hunt them. And they make it over to public land, uh, before the sun's even fully up or not public land, they make it over to private land before the sun's even fully up and you can't shoot them. So 
anyway, it's difficult. Uh, I still go out there and hunt it because it's all I have to hunt. And it's the only land I have to like actually hunt. I could probably, if I beg, borrowed and stole uh, or bought a lease, I could probably go hunt land where I sat in a stand and, and hunted a feeder. That's not the way I want to hunt. I want to go out and actually hunt. If any of you have access to like thousands of acres of ranch land and you're willing to just let me in the gate and go hunt it myself, uh, that would be cool. Hit your boy up because I would absolutely enjoy that. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I've got 60 acres of land because that's not enough to hunt it the way I want to hunt it. I want to be able to glass. I mean, again, I would still take it. I still need meat. So I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. But regardless, uh, if you know anybody up here in the Texas Panhandle that's got just bukus of acres that would just let me go out there and dick around and try to kill a doe or a buck, that would be cool. Anyway. I don't have that. So I'm stuck with, uh, I'm stuck with this land that I've got to hunt and I've got to hunt it for pretty much everything. Uh, dove, quail, turkey, deer. Those are really the only things that we kind of hunt. I guess duck, I could go hunt it for duck and it is pretty good for duck and geese, but I don't know anything about that. And I don't own a boat, which I think is pretty much how you have to hunt them out there. Uh, regardless, this is all beside the point. Uh, I was out there hunting and it's, it's hard, hard hunting. I got out there, I uh, got out there a little late, I guess. I don't know, maybe they just really beat me off the punch, but uh, I don't know what time these guys got up, but I pulled up there at like five o'clock, which is really kind of early because the sun doesn't even come out until like seven, I don't think. Um, but I got out there at five o'clock and there was already like four dudes. And I want you to imagine, these are like like rough kind of caliche roads that go out there and some that if I take them a little bit too quick in my truck, I'm worried about things falling off. I pull up and there's already like four trucks and a Mustang, <laughs> like literally a newer Mustang just sitting there in the spot that I was going to go. I was like, well, okay. So haul ass to the other side of the lake to go see uh, if I can scare anything up and you know if it's just opening day and every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to be out there blowing on a turkey call and it's it's not going to be worth it. So anyway, I drive by this creek and there's actually some water in it and I know you can hunt there. So I was like, oh, cool. Go hunt this creek. Uh, long story short, I step, I, literally I close the door of the truck and I hear a gobble. Uh, kind of off in the distance. I go and I'm I, I'm actually on the wrong side of the creek with this turkey. Uh, so I, I didn't even wasn't even able to put eyes on him, but uh, gobbled back and forth with him a little bit. And uh, later that day, uh, the area that I chose to hunt is actually the only like one of the only two areas in the park that people can run ATVs. And so uh, I, I walked back down the creek, like way down the creek. I, I got like, I think I hiked like seven miles, which isn't a whole lot. A lot of people hike more than that in a day, but um, went way, way down the creek uh, where some other people said that they saw some turkey, but they were already on private. Like I said, uh, went down and by about 9 a.m., Bubba had already cracked his first beer and he cracked the throttle on his Honda. So there was no chance in getting anything uh, where I was at. Uh, because I couldn't get like access up into the turkey. Anyway, uh, went to a different area, tried to see if there was any life there. There was not, other than all the other dudes that were trying to see if there was life there, uh, which was about five of them. So I left that area and I said, well, I drove an hour and a half to get here. I need to find somewhere with the best possibility to hunt some turkey. So I said, you know what, where I heard that gobbler, uh, it seemed like he might be a little bit of ways away from where they can actually drive the ATVs maybe he's not just completely gone. Maybe I can try to get back up in there. Maybe a little bit of a hike. I can try to go hunt him. So I went back to that area. Uh, it was actually pretty, 
it was pretty decent access. It, it really wasn't as far as what I thought it was. I rolled right up on their roost. So this is where they sleep at night. It wasn't where they were at during the day, but this is where they sleep at night. And I said, you know what? I've driven an hour and a half. I don't really have just a ton of gas money to spend driving back and forth. Uh, I'm here to hunt. I've already taken half of my day to hunt this. I'm going to stick it out. So I went and I was like, there's no point in sitting under this tree for eight hours. I'm going to go and take a little bit of a nap. Took a little bit of a nap, came back out at like two thirty, three o'clock, uh, to try to sit under this tree and see if they were going to come back. I said, they sleep here, so they've got to be back eventually. Well, the long story short, if you're looking for a success story, it's not here. They weren't, they did not come back. Uh, I sat there from about two 30 to seven 30. Uh, so for about five hours, I had absolutely no cell service, which is why I left a little bit early. I technically, I could have sat there and hunted until about eight 30, but, uh, yeah, I didn't have cell service and I didn't know what legal shooting light was considered because, uh, and it's technically 30 minutes after 30 minutes before sunrise and 30 minutes after official sunset. Uh, and in the winter, which is where I'm used to hunting for deer is that's like, 5 30 you know when when the official sunset is so you can hunt to like six uh, and i knew that was a little bit off for the spring going into summer but uh I, my phone wasn't uh I, I didn't have internet so i couldn't actually check what the legal sunrise and sunset was and i figured it was just like the government to make it different for turkey season for some reason so uh it got to about 7 30 where i still had a, a decent amount of light left and uh i ended up packing it up and leaving with no turkey, uh, and which it doesn't surprise me. I don't think that they would have come back until really close to dark, if not way after dark, because uh, Bubba on his Kawasaki was still just rip roaring through there. Which I, I'm a little bit too salty about that. I, you know, they have a complete right to be there. That's where they're supposed to be, so that they don't disturb all the other hunting areas. But all the other hunting areas suck. I wish they would let them go drive ATVs in all the other areas because there's no animals there. Uh, they can only drive ATVs in the place where animals are at. So, anyway, um, I'm a little bit salty. I'm a little jaded. Uh, probably shouldn't be like. Probably shouldn't be thinking that way. Anyway, uh, left at about 7:30. I sat there for five hours with nothing to do and i mean nothing to do i didn't want to run my phone battery down uh in case i got stuck or stabbed myself with a broadhead or something like that even though i didn't have cell service uh i just didn't want to like get to somewhere with cell service need help and then run my phone down uh and especially i wanted to call d ellen when i was pulling out i didn't want to wait 30 minutes to call her for my phone to come back up so couldn't play on my phone uh didn't have a book i should have brought a book with me that was poor foresight on my part uh, i was only planning to to hunt the morning uh, unless I got some, some significant action and then I was going to go home, but, uh, I, I didn't have a book with me. So I had to just sit there and think and think and think, and I played with some sticks and I played with some leaves and then uh, I tried to nap, but I really don't like bugs. Like I, I hate bugs with a passion, uh, just like any bug. I, I don't like any bugs, uh, with a passion. So I couldn't really just sit there and sleep because all I could imagine was like this tarantula, tarantula crawling all over me. Uh, and especially I don't like to get run up on by people in the woods. I didn't even like sleeping in my truck, honestly, even with it locked. Uh, but so I couldn't really sleep, but I just waited and waited and I would practice my turkey call on a little bit and I would practice with my other turkey call and then I would play with some sticks and then I would whittle a stick and then I would play with a leaf and it was a lot of thinking and it was a lot of what you might call patience of just waiting for these turkey to get here 
okay, 30 more minutes. If I can wait 30 more minutes, then they might roll up. 30 minutes passes by. All right, 30 more minutes, 30 more minutes, and then they might roll up. And the whole time I was visualizing killing this big-ass gobbler. I mean, big old spurs, big bad Tom. That's what I was picturing. I just want to put one of these piss missiles right in the middle of that of that gobbler. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. And I would think about that. I would visualize killing my elk. And I would say, this is a step to killing the elk. I need to be able to kill a turkey on this public land before I can go kill my elk. So it was a lot of patience. And again, I formulated this idea of like aggressive patience. I was aggressively waiting. On, I was aggressively going after this goal by sitting there and waiting. And it was, it was the most irritating thing in the world. And again, it's not my idea. I think it's Andy Frazella's or whoever decided to, to come up with the term aggressive patience. I, I thought it was mine. And then I looked it up and I was disappointed. It's not mine, but I, I was aggressively, I mean, I, I'm an aggressive person, person by nature. Um, I was aggressively just waiting. And I thought like, what an oxymoron, what a dichotomy of aggressively exerting patience of exerting patience so hard in the pursuit of a goal. It, it was just, it was kind of this novel idea of, of a way that I'd never really looked at patience before. And, and apparently I had looked at patience before, because again, I listened to the podcast, but I, I, I passively listened to the podcast. So, um, I just thought it was it was it was really interesting because most people I see in the world today when when they tell me to be patient and I'm gonna you know to go back to Seth's question in in the career space a lot of people have told me hey these goals that you have you just got to be patient you know you want to be a project manager well you've got to got to do your time you got to just come in and, and put the work in and eventually it'll happen and uh, be patient be patient be patient and they work for these people and uh, they're just working for retirement they're just working so that one day when they're 65 they can uh, go do what they actually want to do and they call it patience and I don't agree with that I don't agree with that at all there's people out there that you know my turkey hunting spot um I think if I was exercising their form of patience, I never would have left my first spot to go see if I could find a better access to that gobbler. I don't think I would have. Uh, I went to a different spot. Like I said, I hiked up the creek. Maybe I would have sat there and just just chilled and said, oh, they'll be here eventually. Um, I think that, that there's something to being at peace with somebody else being in control of something. I think there is a good idea there that you're at peace with somebody else having control, but I think a lot of people are way too at peace with it and they're not aggressively going and getting after their goals. Um, that's kind of the idea that I wanted to throw at you is, is this aggressive patience and especially in the career, since we've kind of got a career natured conversation going today, um, you can do things a lot quicker than what a lot of people tell you to do. It may take some jumps. It may be people telling you that you're uh, kind of silly. It may You may have to leave a job quicker than what you think you ought to leave a job at. I have gone, let me put it this way. I've gone too far in the other direction. I've said, I want it now, I want it now, and I didn't have the experience for it. I wasn't mature enough for those positions. Uh, you know what? Some of those positions that I wasn't mature enough, I got those positions anyway, and I made the best of it, and I put that experience on a resume. Was it the best thing for me? Maybe, maybe not. Was it the best thing for the company? Probably not. <laughs> they probably could have not listened to me in my interview saying that I could do these things and and taking my word for it. Uh, in the past, that may not have been... Uh, where I needed to be at that point, but I did it and I, and I moved on from that and I've been able to eventually get in a really, really good spot where, uh, these things that I want, 
I, I can go and get them. Do I still have to wait on other people to make the decision? Yeah, I've been struggling with that. I've been struggling for the fact that my career goals uh, haven't moved as quick as what I wanted them to move or as what I thought they should move. Um, also, I've come to, to find this acceptance of that, you know, it's just going to not happen on my time schedule. It just might not happen on my time schedule. I may think that I need to be a project manager by X date, and it's probably just not going to happen. Um, I have to aggressively go after that goal of being a PM, but understand that it's probably going to take longer than what I think it's going to take. Uh, I would rather you err on the side of going and getting after your goals and then being disappointed when it doesn't happen immediately versus what I see a lot of people do where they say, oh, well, got to gain my 20 years of experience before I can move up. And then they work the same job for 10, 15 years and they finally get that $5,000 pay increase or they finally get promoted up to X title. Um, I don't think that's good. I don't think that that is good. And I especially don't think that it's as good as aggressively going and getting after your goals. I do think that there's a dichotomy and I have had to find that dichotomy myself. You know, deer hunting last season, uh, when I did go out and deer hunt, I was not a very patient deer hunter. Now, in that area where I'm at, uh, if you saw one deer and he ran away, there's a good chance that you saw that only deer that you're going to be able to find today. Uh, there's a very, very good chance, but I was a little bit too impatient. I would show up and I'm like, there's no deer here and then leave. And I guarantee you that a couple of those times when I left, uh, there probably were going to be deer there eventually. So basically the point of this episode is to get you guys to think about how you're exercising patience in your in your life today and make sure that you're balancing that dichotomy between aggressively going and getting after your goals and uh and being quote unquote patient and my my thought is that i would i would guess that a lot of uh a lot of people err on the side of being a little bit too patient at sometimes and they're not aggressively going and getting after it so uh that's that's all I've got, guys, and and really this comes from a uh, this is not a oh I'm better than you because I'm aggressively getting after your goals. I know it may sound like that, but this is a uh, guys. I think that um, a lot of you can do a lot more than what you think you can do in a lot less time than what you think you can do it. Uh, I think that you know people have told me that I'll never kill anything out there at Lake Meredith. People have told me that it's impossible, especially with a bow, that uh, I'm better off going and buying a lease and hunting in a stand like everybody else. And that I'll just waste years and years of my life out there. And I don't think that's true. I think that those guys are either uh, too impatient or way too patient and they're not willing to go out there and make things happen and get aggressive with their goals. So uh, balance that dichotomy. Uh, And that's what I'm saying to you is I think you can do it. These career goals that you've got, if you want to own a business, I know you can do it. I'm I'm watching people do it. Uh, You know, I've got a buddy down in San Angelo who is just building a a mega empire uh, of construction. And this dude is going to be set. I mean, he, if he does things right, um, he's going to have a great life and he's going to own this empire uh, that cannot be beat. And, he went and got after it and he's younger than a lot of people. I think he's still under, I know he's under 30. Um, you can do these things that you think you might want to do. You don't have to have permission from the 20 year, uh, the guy that is, you know, the step above you, your, your manager that is, you know, 60. Uh, and you know, a good way that I like to think about this with other people is like, Hey man, 
um, where do you want to be when you're his age? And, you know, they think about that and they're like, well, I kind of want to be past that point. And I'm like, okay, well, not to disparage this guy that's above you, but he's only at that point at his age. Is he good at what he does? Sure. Are we trying to take anything away from him? No. Are we saying that we're better than him? No. Okay. But think about, he's telling you to exercise patience and, and wait and fill out, you know, like, Put in your years and get your experience. Well, he only got that far using this this method that he's telling you to use. He only got that far by the time he was 50, 60, 70, whatever, 40, 30. Uh, he only got that far. So if you're okay with being that far by the time you're X amount of years old, okay, listen to what he said about exercising patience. If you're not, you need to be more aggressive than what he's telling you to be. And that may mean going to a different company. That may mean filling out more job applications every week. That may mean going into his office and saying, hey, um, let's discuss my salary. I would like to do these things for you. Uh, I would like you to tell me that once I do these things, you're going to pay me X amount of dollars. Um and that means, you know, like accepting more responsibility. Once I accept this responsibility and prove that I can do it, you pay me X amount of dollars. Uh, whatever it is that you want to do, aggressively go and get after those goals, but don't fall into the trap that I have fallen into myself and get upset when it doesn't come as quick as what you want and then move off of that. The podcast is a good example. I'm having to exercise aggressive patience because I don't have uh, the funds or the means to make this a Joe Rogan type studio and experience for you all. Uh, I have to build up to that because I've got other goals in my life. Uh, so I am aggressively going and getting after my goals. I'm making sure that you get an episode every Sunday and Wednesday. I'm making sure that the audio quality is the best that I can get it. I'm getting, uh, as good a guess as what I can get, but you know, also I'm, I'm being patient and I'm biding my time and I'm understanding that I cannot get all the people that I want on, uh, to speak to you. I cannot get the absolute best audio quality. I can't get the absolute best equipment. I can't do video podcasts right now. Uh, it is a dichotomy and it does need to be balanced. So that's all I ask guys is that you at least do an assessment of, of how you're, you're playing that dichotomy. And again, I'm not saying that I'm doing this well. I'm saying that I do it well occasionally. <laughs> well, you know, my, my aggressive patience for, turkey hunting yesterday was uh i was proud of myself for aggressively waiting uh for those turkey to come in even though i didn't see anything and i said you know what i'm gonna have to exercise this tomorrow i'm gonna have to understand that even though i didn't see anything it's gonna take me coming out here day in day out i'm gonna have to put in more days than these other people that aren't seeing anything you know getting any turkeys i'm gonna have to put in more hours i'm gonna have to uh put in more miles I'm going to have to put in more turkey calling. I have to put in more practice with my bow when I actually get a turkey within bow range. I'm going to have to do more. Um, and I need to be patient and understand that that's all going to take longer than what I think. You know, I thought that I was going to be able to go out there and kill a turkey within my first two years. Probably not going to happen. It may be 10 years before I kill a turkey. And you know what? I may never kill a deer out at that property. I may never kill a deer with a bow out at that property. Uh, unless uh, by some magic they... Uh, allow us to start killing mule deer doe out there, which I highly doubt. Um, unless they start letting us kill mule deer doe out there, uh, I highly doubt that I get a deer off that property. I may be able to kill a whitetail uh, in the one part that holds a few whitetail, I think. Uh, but the idea that I get a mule deer buck off of that property is, <laughs> it is slim, especially because the people that know about it and are going to hunt it are very, very slim. I, I wouldn't doubt it if they stop mule deer buck hunting on that property 
uh, within the next 10 years, 10 to 20 years, because there's so few of them out there. And I think that's why they don't care is they let people come run around and hunt. And if one person gets one, then, then good. And they get the, they get the numbers off of that to show that people are out here using the park and whatever. Um, all those, all those bucks go right onto private land just to be shot, uh, for thousands and thousands of dollars, which is okay. I guess I'm, I'm a capitalist, so I guess that's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, it'll probably never happen. There's a good chance that I never pull a buck off that land, but I'm aggressively going to go after that goal and be patient and expect that one day my, my hard work, uh, I'm going to keep putting in hard work and one day it's going to happen. So guys, I think that's all I got. I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. I need to get this, uh, this episode uh, cleaned up and then posted for y'all. I really appreciate, uh, you diligently listening to the podcast for those of you that listen, uh, Seth, huge pat on the back for giving me a question. My wife, thank you for giving me a question. Dylan's question was more marriage centered. So I'm going to put that on the one flesh podcast. Uh, everybody else, I really appreciate you listening. If you have an Instagram, interact with me on there. Uh, you know, if I put up the answer for quest or the request for questions, uh, shoot me a question. I don't, I don't care if it's silly. I don't care if you think it's not good enough. Uh, put in the, the 15 to 30 seconds to shoot me a question. And, you know, I always try to do that on other friends podcasts. I think I may have missed a few of G threes and that's my bad. Uh, I'm not saying I'm absolutely perfect in this aspect, but especially now that I know <laughs> that, uh, you know what it's like to put up these requests for questions and not get any, uh, I'm going to be very diligent about giving other people questions because I want to talk about the topics that you want to hear. And, you know, part of it is that you're, you're asking me to expound on a topic and I don't think that I always have enough information, but I think it's a lot better than me saying, Oh, here's the thing that I want to talk about. And I'm going to talk to you about it. You know, like I'm an expert or whatever. I think I would rather just assume answer your questions so that at least I know that you're getting the content that you want. So if you're listening to this, go ask a question on Instagram. That would be great. Uh, Oh, and I think I may have mentioned this earlier, but, um, I'm not going to put your name out on questions like I did with Seth. I just did that with Seth because it wasn't a personal question. And, uh, I was really thankful that he, uh, was the only one that put in a a good question on that. So, uh, thanks Seth, everybody else go leave me some questions. Keep listening to the purpose podcast. And I really appreciate y'all. Thanks.